You are listening to Move With Radiance with Stephanie Dankelson, a podcast all about redefining your relationship to exercise, food, and your body by learning how to first redefine the relationship with yourself. Are you ready to discover your inner truth, your inner radiance? Because there is a more freeing way to be fit. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me on this week's episode of Move With Radiance. I am so thankful and so excited that you all are here with me on this journey week after week. And um, thank you for the kind words and the reviews and um, just your support. It really means a lot. And it's helping me connect people and get this message out into the world. And I think it's so important. So thank you so much. (laughs) A little honest talk here. I think I recorded this intro. This will be like the seventh time now. I feel like my brain is just on its last edge. And after this, I'm going to have dinner and watch TV for the rest of the night, (laughs) to be completely honest. Um, Anywho, I am so excited to bring you this week's conversation. We're just really going to jump right into it because um, there's just lots of good stuff to dig into. This week, I bring you an interview that I had with um, Brittany Matzkes, and we talk about her recovery process with hypothalamic um, amenorrhea, which I think I always, I have a hard time with that phrase, but HA for short. And essentially, I won't go too much into detail here because she does a good job talking about it, but it's essentially when you lose your period for a certain amount of time. And for her instance, she lost hers for about three years and it was due to underfueling and overexercising. And I think a lot of women struggle with this and it's just not talked about enough. And um, we really dig into topics around like health can be any size and there's not a one size fits all in terms of what healthy looks like and all sorts of good body image, self-love, all that good kind of stuff in in this conversation. So without further ado, I am going to introduce Brittany. Brittany is a personal trainer, group fitness coach, blog writer, and a body confidence and self-love advocate. She has spent the last six months recovering from hypothalamic amenorrhea, which has required changes physically, mentally, and emotionally. This process has lit a fire of passion in her for spreading knowledge and awareness about HA, promoting what healthy truly means, and changing the stigma around different body types in a fitness culture. Britt is a big believer that healthy looks different on everyone and also changes through different stages of our lives. When she's not training or writing blog posts, Britt loves to be outdoors hiking, surfing, biking, skiing, playing tennis, and walking on the beach. She also loves traveling and cooking. And here's my interview with Britt. Hope you all enjoy. Okay. Hi, Britt. Hello. (laughs) Thanks for having, or I guess I'm having you. So thanks. Thank you for having me. (laughs) You're welcome. Um, I've been really excited to chat with you because I feel like this conversation we're going to have today is like super important and needs to be talked about more. And I'm really excited to hear your story and 
share it with the world. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm excited. I've been listening to all your podcasts and every time I'm like, I want to jump in and say something. <laughs> so awesome. add, like join in on the good conversation. So awesome. Fun. Yeah. Cause I feel like all of this will kind of tie together with where, what we've um, talked about so far. So yeah, totally. Perfect. <laughs> um, so I've been starting off all of my questions with tell me your story. And I know that's kind of a heavy loaded question, but I like to hear sort of where you've come from and how you've gotten to where you're at today and what you're doing now and just go from there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I grew up playing sports and very active and always loved the training side of it. And, um, kind of an early age, I started just loving fitness and exercise and grew up in a pretty active family. So, um, fitness was kind of always a part of my, my life. Um, and then when I went to, um, college, I studied exercise sports science at the university of Utah and, um, did, um, the nutrition minor and always just was really interested in, um, nutrition and, um, just kind of the whole health area, I guess. Um, and then after I graduated, I got up, um, just started my own little training business, got up my website, um, body design by Brit and had some trained a lot of clients in home and did a lot of, um, pre and postpartum moms and, um, had some fun groups that I worked with. And, and then me and my husband moved abroad to Europe for a year. So we were in Germany for six months and Paris for six months and kind of took my um, training online and did some online programs and, um, did some groups in the parks there. It was really fun. Um, yeah, miss all those pretty views. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, and then, um, then after that, we moved to Spokane, Washington, and we were there for a year and a half and then we just moved to San Diego and, um, about a year ago or a year and a half ago now, um, we had talked about like, um, starting to have kids or whatever. And, um, I hadn't had a period for like three and a half years. Mm-hmm. So I, um, growing up. Yeah. Do you want me to get into all this right now? Yes, <laughs> let's do it. Go okay. Ahead. <laughs> okay. So, um, kind of what brought me to where I am now, um, So I, like, I never really had super regular, um, cycles, but then I, um, um, but my doctors always told me like, Oh, it's normal. You're active, like normal for athletes, whatever. Um, so it was never like this big cause of concern. Um, so I was always just like, Oh, and I want to get pregnant or whatever. It'll, it'll work out. Like it was never a big issue. Um, And then I, it stopped. So I went on birth control and it was, my cycle was regular. And then as soon as I went off birth control and in that time I was starting to get more into fitness, I was training harder, um, kind of more into like, sometimes I'd work out two times a day just because I'd work out with my clients and I do it on my own. I was getting more into it. I had goals to get lean and look like other trainers and kind of just, I got more, more involved with that, um, kind of more intensity around training. And, um, so then I went off the pill and I, my period was non-existent. And so, 
um, three and a half years later, fast forward to um, this last, when we wanted to, when we were talking about starting a family, um, I didn't know what to do. None of the doctors really um, knew what it was. They just kind of prescribed, oh, go on the pill and that will start your um, cycle back up. And um, that was kind of their answer. Or I did like the progesterone pill to kind of trigger something, but none of that, obviously the pill is just a synthetic hormone. So it doesn't um, really cause the problem. It's kind of just a bandaid to um, have a, kind of just the, the bleed, not the actual, your body producing the hormones. And so um, then I um, went to an acupuncturist for about four months to try to get, um, she specialized in fertility. So, um, but I, at this point, I wasn't changing anything with my lifestyle. I was still go, 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 um, working out really hard, like six days a week and um, really almost had, a fear of stopping. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was kind of the last thing I wanted to try every other Avenue before. And I kind of knew in the back of my mind that I did need to slow down, um, in order for this to, to be fixed, but I just didn't want to approach it. Um, and then finally one of my friends who's a trainer posted a blog post about hypothalamic amenorrhea and it totally hit me. She told her whole story and I was like, that's me, that's it. And I knew what was going on right away. And, um, and she talked about her process of not working out and eating pretty much all the food she could. (laughs) And until, and she was still in the process, but she at that point had gained about 20 pounds. And I was like, that scared me so much. I was like, just, okay, I guess I, it it hit me that that's what needed to happen, but I was still, I was very scared and nervous, but, um, that was about six months ago that I decided to go all in, they call it going all into that process. And, um, three months after that, I, um, got my period back and now I am, still I'm waiting for the fourth but um I've had three recovery periods and I'm still kind of finding the balance of how much I can do without throwing it off and how to live in my space of just my job's active and so I'm just naturally being more active than I don't know I'm trying to figure out that line right now so that's where I'm at so I have um, so now I'm very, um, my blog is all about promoting that health at every size and looking more within at all the different areas of health that it's not just what's going on, on the outside. Cause, uh, you would look at pictures of me like a year ago and I had, I was lean. I had like, you could see my abs, you could, whatever. Um, but in the inside, my, um, my hormones weren't working properly. So that's, that's a whole part of health. I've, I've heard that the, our menstrual cycle is the fifth vital sign for women. So it's, it's important and people don't notice that. So, um, yeah, so just 
bringing attention to um, the whole what's going on on the inside, not just on the outside. There's a lot to help more than just the before and after pictures that we see all over. (laughs) Yeah. And I think too, just with the way like the diet culture and like fitness industry and where everything's moving, Mm -hmm. it's, there's so much worth that's been put into like, well, if you're this size, then you're healthy. And if you're not, then you're not healthy. And you talk a lot about, um, how it's not, like you said, just based on what you look and healthy doesn't necessarily mean losing weight. Yes. Yes, for sure. Um, yeah, I think there's this, a big stigma about, um, anything to do with fat Mm -hmm. (laughs) and any, if your goal isn't weight loss, then like, why are you working out? Like one of my Mm -hmm. biggest pet peeves is the comment I hear all the time, women to women saying, oh my gosh, you're so skinny. You don't need to work out. Like Mm. you're, you're already good. Like you already got that box checked. Like you're already thin. So you're good. (laughs) And that like makes my blood boil. (laughs) Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say just there's, that says so little about our health. Someone can be thin and appear appear healthy and it's so not the case. Um, and they look at someone that may not be the typical, um, body image of someone who's fit or have a little bit extra, extra weight on them, whatever that means. Yeah. (laughs) But, But, um, in the fitness world or whatever, and it's, Oh, they, they probably need to lose some weight. Like that's the the first thing to be healthy, they probably need to lose weight. So Mm -hmm. it's just not the case all the time. And so I'm curious because, so I've been teaching group fitness classes and Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of the people who are now like anti-diet culture and, um, this body positivity movement, I feel like a lot of those people have sort of stepped out of the fitness industry because of all of this this kind of talk, right? And I'm wondering how you've sort of changed your style to now be like, okay, wait a minute. Like we don't have to lose weight to be healthy. Like how are you adapting to that mindset now? Or how has that, has that changed the way you yeah. work? Yeah. <laughs> so it's interesting because I, I've always like preached that to my clients, I guess. Um, but to myself, it was never, um, I was always trying to reach the standard of a trainer being look like a trainer, like, um, walk the walk, like look like, you know what you're doing. Um, and I would, I would tell my clients, like I would preach to them that like the health at every size and that doesn't necessarily need your need to be your goal. Like let's work. I would, all my, um, female clients, I would really talk about strength and just how empowering that is to be strong and be able to, like lift your kids up and carry in the groceries by yourself. Like that was, that's always been my focus when I'm training people. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think the pressure, um, of being a trainer, I didn't always, um, promote that to myself. Mm -hmm. Um, but now since I've gone through this, um, that was really hard because when I first started, um, the recovery process from HA, um, 
HAs, hypothalamic amenorrhea for short, because <laughs> it's a tongue twister. Yeah. Um, when I first started my recovery process, I had been, I was working, I'd been working at the same gym for about a year. So I was really close with these people. Um, they were like my second family. My boss was awesome, like super supportive. He was like my big brother and he, um, he was so supportive and like, yeah, you need to need to gain weight. Like it's obvious, like you're very lean. And he was like, he was very, yeah, all about that and very supportive. And my clients were all awesome about it. And, um, so they kind of saw my whole process and we're just really supportive through it all. Mm -hmm. And then we, um, moved and I, um, those fears kind of all sunk in again, because I was starting, first of all, I was moving to Southern California where I thought like everyone has beach bodies and <laughs> it's like this intimidating thing. And then, um, these people didn't know my whole story. I was coming in as just this, um, like the fear of now looking at them, like it's an irrational fear, but I was like, they don't know what, like, used to look like and what I'm capable of. Like, so it was kind of this, um, it was a weird thing to come into, but, um, in that like stage, cause I started, um, this new, we moved like right at the peak of my recovery when I was, um, not like working out really at all and, um, kind of gaining the amount of weight that I needed to, um, turn back on that system. So, um, it was, but I was all, I was all empowered from my process. So going into, it, I was like, I'm going to bring a different, um, aspect to this, this job. And it actually, I think my situation actually had a big part in me getting this job because I, my story came up and I told, um, who hired me, what was going on, what I had been through. And he was, it, I think it was a good thing that I was different from most trainers that mm. I didn't, he's, he said this, he said, I have trainers come in here all the time that are 5% body fat or they can bench whatever. And they're like really skilled in exercises, but I, I see right through them in a second and I, I don't want anything to, <laughs> to do with them. So it, that was a confidence boost for sure. But, um, with the people that I work with now, I, it's been really cool. I've been able to tell them my story and we have like this instant kind of connection. Like I am not, um, like I've been thrown off my, my groove a little bit. Like I, I relate to them a little bit more. So it's yeah. been cool to, um, be able to talk to them about like, let's just get healthy. Like a lot of the people I work with come in broken in many different areas emotionally um just maybe their their mental state isn't healthy so that's kind of what we work on and the I mean the exercise and the training just comes as kind of a bonus but that like the power they get from lifting and feeling strong and just how that transfers over to their um their mental and emotional health is is really cool to see. So I've tried to, so I've always focused on that, but now even more so I emphasize that and I'm able to relate a little bit more, I guess. Yeah. And I think just so it's so important to start, I think 
communicating this idea that exercise doesn't have to be a way of self-hate because I think a lot of times people exercise as a punishment. And so to start reframing that mindset to it being, this is for my health and I define health. Nobody else Mm -hmm. knows what my health is and what that looks like. And so exercise can be a place of like love now Mm -hmm. instead of this hate place. And so I think it's really important to have people in the, in the fitness space still trying to communicate that instead of like, you need to lose weight. You need to be thin. Totally. So I think it's really important. (laughs) It's super great. No, totally. And it's, it's interesting because I'll, um, we have people come into the fitness camp every week and a lot of times they'll be like, Oh, how, like how often do you work out? Like the last kind of about our fitness routine. And, um, then I'll bring up like, Oh, I haven't, I actually haven't really been working out that much lately. Yeah. And then I'll kind of go into my story and they, they're like shocked. They're like, what you like, you haven't, you don't work out every day. Like they have this like, um, perception yeah. <laughs> That's the right word. Yeah. Um, of people, whatever in the, in the fitness industry, like, Oh, you work out every day hard. Like just these kind of tagline things that they've heard that, um, that's what healthy is, is like, this hardcore fitness routine or whatever. But, um, I think it's, it's feel, it's good to explain that, that no, like you need to help is listening to your body and it's balance. And it's for a season in your life, it might be taking a break and just emphasizing that, um, that that's a huge part of it as well. And that you should feel good going into your workouts. It doesn't have to be this, like you said, like this beat down, um, go, go, go beat your body into the ground. <laughs> like yeah. it, it can be enjoyable. And I do get that feedback a lot as well. Like try mixing up people's workout routines and they're like, that was actually fun. Like mm. I enjoyed that. And it's like, it's like, yeah, that it's not meant to be <laughs> torture. <laughs> right. Um, I'm curious. So I'm, I'm making an assumption here, but before you started your recovery, was there, was there any type of like disconnect between like listening to your body or like, how did you, when you started your recovery (laughs) process, like how did you begin that process of like learning to listen to your body and like act on it? Like what, what was that like for you or how was that process? Totally. I'm actually like in the process of writing a blog post of like everything I did wrong (laughs) that like got me into this position. No, I'm trying, I'm not like, you can't look back and blame yourself because it's just part of the process. But, um, I would like, I would work out no matter what, like it was just so ingrained to my, in my head and my body that like, if I didn't start my day with a workout, like my day was just a waste or like it was, it was a little distorted. Like I, even when I was sick, I would just, I would push through it like, Oh, sweat it out. Like even, I mean, for the most part, I genuinely have always loved exercise. Like I haven't done it out of a punishment type of thing. I just, I feel good when I'm working out and it gives me that, the, the good endorphins and, um, I've always enjoyed it. It hasn't been like a punishment thing, but I have, I wasn't always in tune with, okay, I'm sick. Maybe it's okay to take a rest day as it was, Oh, I'm going to like, I don't know. I think I thought that I would 
like lose progress or I would like gain weight if I didn't work out for a day. Like just that mindset of um, like every, if you miss a day, it's like you're, you're backtracking or I don't know. Looking back, I'm like, a little crazy, but no, I've been there for sure. <laughs> but um, anyway, yeah, your question was <laughs> oh, facing back. Oh yeah, how how you've um oh how you're working to my body? Through. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yes. So yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, being sick, and then if I was there, was some mornings I was just so tired, and I probably could have benefited from a little extra sleep, but I was like, no, I have something like I can't work out later in the day. So I got to get it in before. And I'd wake up at like five or whatever and to get my workout in. But it was, even if I was like training that day where I was still like active and moving, it was like, I had to get my workout in or it was, it didn't count. Like, yeah. Even though I was up and walking and moving all day, it's like, that wasn't enough. Um, so I've definitely, come more in tune, which is, it's been really good for me. Yeah. And is that the same thing with like, when you were recovering, was it like, okay, I'm just going to stop working out and just eat what my body is asking for? Like, I'm curious as to what you did to like, to, to like jumpstart that. Yeah. Recovery. Yeah. Um, so the, the friend that, um, introduced me to hypothalamic amenorrhea she um, referred me to the book no period now what and um I can't think of the author but I will send that to you and you can link it up or whatever but um she has worked with she was a big time runner and went through losing her period and not being able to have um kids and so she wrote this book and has helped like hundreds and hundreds of women with the same issues. A lot of them are athletes or um, just from different backgrounds. A lot of them maybe bikini competitors or just different um, um, ends of the fitness spectrum. Some are just eating disorder um, category and then all the way to, yeah, extreme athletes, runners. Um, And her um, process of recovering is to, she says, avoid all exercise, but walking and yoga and keeping your heart rate. She throws out 140, but I mean, it kind of ranges from person to person, just keeping your heart rate down, um, and eating 2,500 to 3000 calories a day, which is a lot. (laughs) not used to that. And especially if you're not moving, like I was maybe sometimes eating around 2,500, but I was working out really hard. So this was like no exercise and eating that much. So it was, it was really hard at first. Um, it's still hard, <laughs> but, um, yeah, just cause I was used to, I never really struggled with, um, my relationship with food. Um, but I was always, working out and burning it. Like I felt like I was eating enough, but I was always working it off. So looking back and now how much I eat, I'm like, I was not eating enough. Um, according to how much I was moving and exercising. So that's kind of a 
hindsight thing I'm like realizing now. Um, but yeah, so it was, I was starting the process off. I felt I was going against what my body was telling me. Cause I just wanted to move. Like it was so hard for me to just rest. And I was just in that routine of go, go, go. So to actually just rest and like sleep in on a Saturday and not like rush to the gym or it was really weird. My husband was like, who are you? And what, <laughs> what's going on? But he actually loved it. He was like, this is great. We're not like rushing off to work out. But so yeah, yeah it was really weird getting used to that. How do you, what's, what was I going to ask? Do you feel like that has allowed you to slow down in some ways? Yes. I... So I think a lot of people that fall into HA are kind of type A type people. Um, And I wouldn't say that like in some areas of my life, I'm not type A at all. I'm very like chill and easygoing. But I think when it came to like fitness and food, that was kind of like my, what I had control over. Like I always had control of, kind of what my body was taking in and what I was putting out and I could kind of see where I wanted, what I wanted to work, what I wanted to look like or whatever. I had control over that. So, um, I think that, um, going, not having that, it was like, it was really weird, but I was able, it like, my mind used to always, go, go, go. And I was always like, I was always thinking about food. I realized that now I'm like, like, I could like, like when people said that they would forget to eat, I was always like, what's wrong with you? But like, now that it's not like, now that I'm like rested and recovered, I like, I don't think about food as much, which is weird. Like I, I don't know if that makes sense, but like I would even like choosing, like going to the grocery store, I would like be so anal about like what I got, um, like how I prepared my food, but, and I like wouldn't really let my husband prepare food. Cause I was like, that's my territory. Yeah. And I like wanted it the way I wanted it. But like now I'm like, yes, please cook dinner. Like I'm much more relaxed in that area. And like, yeah, I, it's been a really good, like step back, step away. And like, calm down um and and I think that yeah like even like yesterday I took a nap after work and it was great like I would never I used to just like taking a nap in the middle of the day like that's (laughs) I didn't do that so (laughs) it's been really good to just yeah take a step back and listen to my body more and the mental side of it has it definitely has affected that. Yeah. No, I totally get that because when I was struggling, I struggled more on like um, the eating disorder side where I was definitely obsessing over like food and exercise. And the, you know, I had a lot of this like, kind of similar thought process mm-hmm. where I was like, oh no, you can't prepare the food. I will prepare the food because <laughs> yeah. I think it's like a control thing. And you're like, oh, yeah. well, I know how much, like no butter, no this, no this, no this. Mm-hmm. And like, like uh, constantly thinking about food and obsessing and obsessing. And then mm-hmm. the moment I 
started learning to like, let that go. Mm-hmm. That's when it was like, Oh yeah. Okay. That sounds good. And yeah. you start really, I think listening to like, okay, pasta sounds good. And maybe that's what my body's asking for. Yeah, totally. And food, I think you take away this like shiny object syndrome where you're like, I can't have this and I can have this. Mm-hmm. And the, the, my process has been this food will fuel me right now. I'll have more energy if I eat this. And this food may not fuel me right now, so I'm not going to choose it, but I could have it tomorrow if I wanted. Yeah, and totally. And stop like obsessing or mm-hmm. thinking about it all the time. Yeah. And it's like, oh yeah, that sounds good to my body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's crazy. And another um, thing that I've noticed is, um, so going all in, like they just tell you to basically let go of all borders and just eat anything and all things. So I like was eating ice cream every night, just like totally like sandwiches. I hadn't had like a sandwich with two slices of bread in a long time. Mm. So, um, and just, I was like baking more. And then I like, I've always had a sweet tooth and, but I've always been like, like restrictive of it. Like I've never fully restricted, but like okay, on the weekends I can have like a treat, but it's always like, I'm always wanting it. Yes. After going all in, I was like so sick of sweets. Like I went a week without having anything and I like didn't even notice. I was like, I'm like, I could have some chocolate, I guess, but like, it wasn't like, (laughs) yeah. So that was a big eye opener. Isn't that crazy? Because I felt the same way. I literally just said this to my mom the other day. She sent a ton of Easter candy. Mm -hmm. Um, And I th- it's been like a week or so. And I was thinking, I was like, huh, I haven't really eaten any of the Easter candy, but it's <laughs> yeah. because I hadn't wanted it. It wasn't because totally. I wasn't letting myself. It was like, yeah. oh, it just doesn't like my body. Mm-hmm. It just didn't sound good. And so I yeah. just didn't have it. And keeping and like, your, a, go ahead. Oh, as, and you're probably giving your body the carbs that it needs. Like I totally wasn't. And so yep. it was always like, candy or I didn't, I don't really like candy, but like chocolate (laughs) or like ice cream are kind of my weaknesses, cookies, homemade cookies. Um, but that was like this, like if I had the chance to have it, I would like, I would very much enjoy it, have it. But it's cause like, I wasn't having the carbs that I needed for the amount of activity I was doing. And when you're fueling your body, right. And you you're giving it carbs, like healthy carbs, you're, you don't crave sugar as much. It's, yeah, it's an amazing thing. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of people I think are really like, especially, and this is what drives me crazy. You know, it's, we have so much stuff in the media or like so much stuff right now. That's like pushing us like, Oh, you can't have carbs. You can't have fats. You can't have this. You can't have this. And so people are afraid or like they, they think that, okay, well that's what I should be doing. And so they cut those things out and then they're like, why am I craving sugar? Like, why does you know, and I want to binge and they think there's something wrong with them because they can't follow this new thing. Mm -hmm. When it's like, no, all you have your body, what it needs in the right form. And your most, your, your cravings will (laughs) pretty much go away. If you're, that's like a sign from your body, like carbs, (laughs) you need those to to function. Yeah, for sure. Um, and this is kind of random, but it just reminded me. So and this is what I love is, is you talk about this, like your body has all the tools it needs to 
heal itself or to do its thing. And so you can do that with food and the, you know, by listening to your body and doing the right things. And I just think it's so interesting that like birth control or like when you went to see someone, they were just like, well, just hop on the pill, you know, and how little I feel people, um, you know, that's just a thing like, well, you're not getting your period. So get on the pill and you'll be normal. Or it's like, yeah. well, like you said, the, the hormones that they're, mm-hmm. they're just, they're, they're not actually doing yeah. it, you know? So totally. I think that's a very frustrating thing because like, I never knew, like no one really told me anything about this. <laughs> like yeah. I didn't know anything about my cycle or like the importance of it. And, um, and through this process, like you, like people, when I told them that my period came back just by like what I did, they were like, really? Like people were amazed. And it's like, yeah, your body's like meant to, to have that cycle. Like it's a a natural thing. So it's, if it's not having that, then something's wrong. So in my case, it was, um, yeah, the over exercise and under fueling. So it's, I think that it's amazing that our body knows to turn that system off when you're not fueling it. Like, that's amazing to me. That's like, my body was in a state of, um, like heightened cortisol and lack of rest and lack of nutrients for what I was asking it to do for me. And so it said, okay, no, this isn't a safe place to have a child <laughs> so, it, so it's, it's really cool that our our body I don't think we give our bodies enough credit <laughs> for no. what they can do just naturally I th- and that comes back to like people we shame our bodies you know we're like we're doing something wrong like they're they're not they're not doing like you know but um they have they have all the answers <laughs> like yeah. our bodies know and, and it's that's, yeah amazing and Another thing, so you said the period is, our periods are like our fifth vital sign. Mm-hmm. And I would love to like talk about that a little bit more because I don't think people also realize how important it is, even if you're not trying to totally have a child, like how important it is to have yeah. a cycle. Yeah. And I never knew any of that. Like I was always kind of like, like my friends were always way jealous that I didn't have my Yeah, life. that's a thing. I'm all lucky. But I'm like, okay, you don't know how important it is. I didn't either. But yeah, like, so she talks about this in that book as well, that um, like you're, a lot of the women with HA have osteopenia or their osteoporosis because the estrogen that goes through our body, that's like crucial for our bone mass, um, bone density. So like early, you're pretty much in early menopause, like in your twenties. <laughs> so, um, that's scary. And, um, it affects your cardiovascular, like your, the elasticity in your arteries and veins, like the estrogen, um, helps that as well. And brain function, um, like it's women without, um, their period, like later on in life, it's been linked to, mental disorders like, um, Alzheimer's and, uh, what are some others? <laughs> Help me out. <laughs> I know, like, I'm like um, blanking too, but yeah, that makes sense. Yes. Mental diseases. Um, so yeah, it's, 
it's pretty, you, you don't <laughs> meant to have that cycle for a reason. So it's not just, even if you don't want kids, it's still, it's still a very important process. Yeah, totally. And I didn't, I mean, that's something I've recently learned too, you know, how, how important it is and, and the ways that we can make sure that we're paying attention to that and like just hormones in general and how important they are, especially, especially for women. And it's just, I feel like this conversation has to be happening more. Mm -hmm. And that's why I so appreciate you sharing your story because I, it's, it, we put so much worth in our weight and our size Mm -hmm. that we aren't listening to what our body is actually asking for. Mm -hmm. So learning how to maybe take the weight, the worth out of the weight Mm-hmm. and come totally. back to ourselves and say, what's best for my body? How do I define healthy? And totally. going from that, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so it's this, the praise that goes to like, just the, the taglines of get leaner and like lean means lower body fat. And it's, there's become this big attention on, focus in the fitness world of like women getting lean and having muscles and I'm all about muscles but the leanness is and I was always aiming for leaner leaner like I just that was like my goal um but and then like the fat it's just if you can pinch anything that's the negative Mm -hmm. thing like and as women we're we're meant to have fat we need it like it's it is a very important part of our bodies. And, um, I'm not sure where, when that happened of like that just being such a negative thing. Um, and that's, what's been the focus on lean, lean, lean. It's like you, that is the leanness has been, um, associated with help, which Mm -hmm. is not, they, these words have been interchangeable and weight loss is health where um, that is not necessarily the case. Like when I like telling my clients I had to gain weight to like be healthy. It's like, that was like the biggest shock. Like you had to gain weight. Like it was like almost this like, Oh, like gain weight, like this evil yeah. word. <laughs> like, Oh, that's, you were like, you had to try to, gain weight and it was just so much negative stigma around that. So I'm trying to change that. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I'm going to read this. I wrote this down. This is in one of your blog posts um, because I think we should all, I just love it. <laughs> so you say this culture that we live in likes to focus on one type of health and beauty that is so superficial. I challenge you to root your health, fitness, beauty, and confidence much deeper. Expand your definition of health. So if you had a recommend, so if someone came to you and, and they were putting all of their, they kind of had that standard of like one type of beauty fits all, right? Mm-hmm. This, that, that standard. Mm-hmm. What would you say to her with, in terms of like putting so much worth into that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, and I'm very passionate about this because I hear it all the time, all day at work. I hear um, 
women set these goals, like, or look at other girls and say, I want that. I want to look like that. And I, the main thing I ask people when I start to work with them training is like, what's your why? What's your main motivation behind this? And if they say, I want to lose five pounds or I want to fit into these jeans. And then I ask deeper, why, why is that? And then they think a little bit deeper and it's like, well, I feel better at that weight. And then why is that? And then it's Mm -hmm. goes back to like this confidence thing. And then when you get at the root of it, it's um, when you get to that, when you, when you're only thinking about um, this weight as your confidence or your happiness, like when I reach this size, when I look like her, I'm going to be happy. Like she must be so happy. And um, it's really not the case. Like I, I look back at pictures a year ago when I was like my fittest, leanest. And I remember after that shoot, like looking at those pictures and like critiquing myself so much, like it makes me so mad now because I, like, I was not, I was never, I was never at the, the place that I wanted to be, even though like looking at them now, I'm like, dang, like, I like, like I was really fit fit, whatever that means. But (laughs) I was, um, but like that idea of like that being your happiness or that's where your confidence come from. It will probably never be enough. Like that is not, if you base your happiness on a body type or a certain weight, a number on a scale like that will not, you won't get there. (laughs) It's not. And even if you do get there the next day, you'll say, all right, how can I, how can I get even smaller? Like it's always, it's just this ongoing process and it's really, it's not, there's not an end to it. So I would, I would, I challenge people to look at like who are the people that are closest in your life? Who are the people that you love? You love being around that you, that make you happy. Like, why is that? I guarantee that none of it is because they weigh a certain amount or that they are a certain pair, certain size of pants and that they like have rock hard abs. Like I guarantee that's never the reason you love people or that you're around them. So why should that be for yourself? Like, and I would keep asking that why until you get to, you want to feel better. You want to be healthy for your kids and, and then it should come back to health. (laughs) That should, that should be, that's generally the why that I get at eventually. But, and then once you get to that health is your why, then do you really, what's the correlation with health and your goal? Like, is that really healthy? And some people really do to be healthy. They do need to lose some weight. And that's a different, like there's a difference between, unhealthy overweight and a healthy weight that is normal and healthy um so yeah I would say root your confidence and your happiness in in different um in a in a real source like um 
deeper than just what's seen on the outside because it's so much more. And the people that love you will do not love you because of your body. Yeah. Um, it's, it goes much deeper than that. So that has been an awesome lesson that I have learned having fear of gaining weight. Cause that was sort of my identity. Like I was the fit girl. I was a trainer. Like that's what I, um, kind of yeah, associated with myself as that was my identity. I was, I was, um, that's, that's where I based a lot of my confidence in and having that taken away from me, like, well, choosing to go through this process. Um, it was scary. And I thought people that work with me or that like look up to me as a trainer, like they're not like, who's going to want to work with me? Like, it was kind of this scary thought or like I was nervous about like what my husband would think of me or uh, my family or, um, but honestly, like my relationship with my husband has gotten way better and I have gotten so much more deeper, so many more deeper relationships because of letting go of confidence from my body and finding a much deeper, um, level of confidence within myself and compassion for other people and yeah that's amazing <laughs> just no been rambling but no <laughs> I love that because I I totally agree with you I this the question why can be so transformative in terms of like well, where is this worth? Where, where is this coming from? Like, why is this size something I'm striving for? And so Mm -hmm. if we can start getting curious about that, we can uncover like, Oh, for me personally, it was like, I'm not good enough. Mm -hmm. And being, I associated being a certain size with, you know, having these relationships and having this, um, like I would be good enough in other people's eyes and all this kind of stuff. And it was like, but now that I know that, when I said, when you get to that certain size, Mm -hmm. that doesn't change. It doesn't change because you haven't gotten to that root issue. And Mm -hmm. so by understanding like, oh, well, I have struggles with my worthiness and my self-acceptance. So if I can find those things internally, rather than relying on other people to give that to me, then like Mm -hmm. I can be any size and be happy and, and be okay. And it's a long process, but man, it's like, it's like you said, so much more freeing and empowering to find that within rather than Mm -hmm. using it all as external. Yeah. Speaking. Totally. And like the, the like freeing feeling that comes from like not having to live up to this, like this image that you've set for yourself or you think that other people are expecting out of you. It's like, wow. Like, I've gained 25 pounds. People still like me. (laughs) It's not like this. It's very, when you let go of that, it's, and you can still, you can, I feel like with that freedom, like light, there's so much more to life than being stuck to like this, this regimen of like having to reach these certain goals that really, I mean, I'm all about, good healthy goals but 
when it becomes your main focus and when the why it's yeah goes back to the why if your why is not coming from a good place then it's going to be hollow when you get there and it's not gonna it's not going to be rewarding or fulfilling so and I think too um during that process of like obsessing over that kind of stuff and and trying to be this thing you lose sight of what you really love and what you really like and you do things because you think you have to but when you can take a step back and start making choices that feel good to you and to your body, you start making choices that naturally make you happy. Yeah. And I think we've just forgotten how to do that mm-hmm. because we're trying to live up to the standard. So totally. naturally, you're just already going to start making better choices for yourself and you'll find that happiness by just yeah. doing that. Yeah, so. like it, it feels good to move. We're like humans, yeah. we're, supposed to, <laughs> we're supposed to move and we, we like need nourishing food so it just when it comes from a a real um genuine place then it's it's so much better than yes forcing what you think is good <laughs> you think you're supposed to do or what people are telling you to do or what whatever the yeah stupid magazines are telling you to do. <laughs> yeah or totally yeah. so one final question i have because again like i i don't know what happens to the time <laughs> like I didn't even get to any of these questions over here. Um, where was it? So what would you say to women who may be struggling or who, yeah, who may be struggling with HA? Hmm. There's a lot I would say. <laughs> um, I would say um, that like, no, they are, struggling with it or that maybe or don't know yet that might (laughs) maybe uh whatever whichever one you okay um well to someone that has discovered they have ha and um is is scared like i was Mm -hmm. i would say um find the having a support group helped a ton like Mm. other women going through it like uh, like like-minded people who love health and fitness and eating healthy and don't necessarily want to be eating all this food but are doing it for their body and um it's that helped a ton so people around me that lifted me up like surround yourself with positive uplifting people and a big thing for me was the social media flip. Like I unfollowed all of my fitness inspiration stuff and just filled my feed with body positive, confident women that um, had a good, a good message and that were living a a different kind of healthy than um, the other messages that can be out there. Um, Mm And I would say that it's um, it the process works. That's what I would mm-hmm. say because it can be like going on two months without seeing any progress. It can be like, why am I doing this? Like, what my body's never going to recover. But there has been there have been women that have had HA for fifteen years and they can recover in 
like under a year of just sticking to letting their body recover and listening. And I would say the outcome, um, the learning process through it all, like don't fight it. Like, um, let like learn from this process. Don't fight it and think, Oh, I'm going to, I'll get this over with and then I can go back to my old ways. Like learn from the process and there's lots of good that can come from it. As hard as it is to like change so much of your life there, there's a lot of good, like emotionally, mentally, physically. So focus on the good and the process and try to ignore the <laughs> the other voices in your head that are telling you all the negative stuff. <laughs> good. Yeah. Cause I think it is, it is, I can't, yeah, it's hard to have to switch your whole mindset to something you're totally not familiar with. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, um, if you have a support group that you recommend that you found, I would love to share that in the show notes for anyone who might want to have like support. Yeah. Um, so anything, any, any information that you have that could help others, I will link all of that up and yeah, yeah, I'll send it over. Awesome. Is there anything else that you want to say before we end our time? Um, I, <laughs> I can't, I can't think, I feel like I am much better at writing mm-hmm. <laughs> blog posts. So Sorry if this is all kind of a jumble, but no, it's great. I would say just change the de- definition of healthy and and find what that really means to you, rather than what it means to everyone else around you, because it really is very individual. Like yeah. whatever stage of life you're in it could be different whatever um like your genetics your um it's just it's so different and it's so individual so and it's so easy to fall into the trap of comparing to someone else like oh she's doing that she she works out six days a week and and she's fine but like it's different for everyone so honor that and and you're still beautiful and awesome. (laughs) No. Yes. I love that. Um, because it is so individual. Um, awesome. And then I know you've done some self-love and body confidence workshops. Um, I don't know if you're still doing that, but I would love to share that with everyone too. Yeah. Yeah, It's, um, actually still linked up on my website so I can, um, I can say, I'll send you the direct link and you can, um, put that up as well because it's, um, it's like a seven day workshop where you get an email every day that, um, a little tips that I, that helped me so much during this process when I felt like, um, I felt very unloving towards myself Mm -hmm. and I did not feel confident at all. Um, so just little things that I found through this process to totally change my mindset and, um, 
helped a lot. So, and I still like refer back to it. Like when I feel myself <laughs> slipping back into yeah. my, to a not so good mindset, I I'm like, okay, I got to remember my own advice. <laughs> and so I, <laughs> yeah. I'll go back and read that and it does help. It's, it's kind of a constant thing we have to work on yeah. in the world we live in. It's um, you have to, you have to keep working on it because it's, it's easy to get in the comparison trap and mm-hmm. yeah, it can happen fast. So, and I think it's okay to recognize too, that it's okay to have those bad feelings sometimes Yeah, just totally. to know like what the tools are. So you don't go down this like intense rabbit hole of yeah. like shit. <laughs> yeah. And being aware of the triggers. Like, yeah, I, that's another thing with this process is I, with the like social media unfollowing and then just like being in certain situations. Like I just, I haven't gone to the gym because I, it's just like mm-hmm. triggering with like old habits. And so it's, it's just being aware of where you're at and allowing yourself to change and avoiding um, triggering situations. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Well, thanks for it. <laughs> You're welcome. It's been so great. I really, truly appreciate like your vulnerability and sharing the story because I know that it can't be easy and, but it's so needed and, and your story is so needed. I just think we should be talking about this more and women don't need to feel alone in this. So I just totally so appreciate you and what you're doing and thank you so much for being here. You as well. I've been, there's been, I've like come across so many amazing accounts and blogs and podcasts that there are a lot of amazing women doing awesome things right now. As, as much as the other end is bad, there's so much good. So yes. it's awesome to see. And you are one of them. So oh, thank, thank you. you. <laughs> I feel really honored to be part of this space because like you said, the women I've met and the people I've connected with, like, it's so cool to be part of this tribe. So I want to bring all of everyone into (laughs) the more the merrier yes (laughs) well thank you so much and thanks everyone for being here and we will all chat soon (laughs) bye bye (laughs) thank you so so much for listening and for being here with me If you want more resources, pop on over to www.stephanie-dankelson.com. And until next time, stay radiant.